Glory to God. We've been talking about prayer on Friday nights. We're going to keep talking about prayer this Friday night. Thank you, Lord. You know, some of the things I find in studying about prayer and studying, you know, from people like Brother Hagen's uh, videos and books and some other people's uh, great men of God is I find sometimes that we've gotten, let me rephrase that, I've gotten lax, and maybe you have too, in knowing the closeness of God to us, to the realization that He's right here. He's within us all the time. Uh, that we're not looking for Him. He's right there. We may be looking for an answer from Him, but He's right there. We may be seeking Him, but He's not far. And He's not trying to keep anything from us. But sometimes we get so wrapped up in our own lives, in church. Did you know that you can get so wrapped up in church that you forget to hear from God? Right? Because you could learn how to get your answer from God in church, but sometimes you've got to go home and get your answer. Right? You could be taught how to be led by the Spirit, but then you've got to go be led by the Spirit. Just like me, if I read, I, I can I can learn about how be how to be led by the Spirit of God. But then I got to go be led by the Spirit of God. But I have to have that realization that He's right here with me. Yeah. Right? It's like sometimes we think unless we call Him, He's not here. Right? And so we only pray when we need to because we don't want to bother Him because He's somewhere over there. Right? And we got then He's got to come out and He's like, "What do you want now?" Because we somehow get this thing that God's like us, right? And see, God doesn't have a bad day. He doesn't have a bad moment. There's not a time where he all of a sudden walks out of love. Because first of all, he can't walk out of himself, right? But but he's, you know, he's not like us. You know, like I've I've said to people at some times, I said, well, don't always take my first answer. And I'm changing that because I want my first answer to be the right answer. But sometimes somebody catches you off guard and your first answer is not the godly answer, right? Because you didn't want to hear the question. And so because the question wasn't what you wanted to hear, the answer came back the way you received the question, right? And we don't want to be that way. God's never that way. When you ask God a question, He had you on His heart before you asked. And he, he was prepared to give you every answer that you wanted. But it's up to us to be in a position to receive those answers. If we're going to pray, we ought to start by expecting Him to hear us. But we literally ought to know that the minute we pray, He's already there. And He's, his, he's like this. Right? He, you're, you're His child. He's looking to do something for you. And, and he said, I want you to ask. And so he's waiting on us to ask. And so we should immediately expect an answer. And, and, and again, we've, sometimes we've gotten so much into our natural lives that we think he answers or hears things the way we do. Right? And he doesn't. He's always kind. He's always patient. He's always compassionate. Right? And he may, he may even say, he may, he may talk to you sharply, but it's because you're too close to the edge. Right? Not, not because he just wanted to get your attention. You were too close to the edge. He needed to get your attention. Right? But he's looking to give us an answer. And our expectation should be ready. You, you should be ready before you asked for your answer. Right? Because it's like you, you with your kids. When they ask you a question... You're going to answer them. Sometimes you'll be led by the Spirit, and sometimes you'll be led by your flesh. Right? There were times when Ramsey used to ask me if she could do something, and it impeded with my football game. Right? And I'd say, no, we don't need to do that right now, honey. And God would say, did you ask me? Why, why can't we do that right now? Because you need to do your football game? <laughs> See, God's not like that. He's never got a selfish reason. 
So his answers are always going to be right. Right? Now, I, don't get me wrong. There's lots of times where she'd ask me and say, oh, absolutely, we're doing that. Fact is, I've driven all over the place with her. And she'd say, Dad, can we do this today? I'd say, yeah, not only can we do it, grab three friends. We did it. We went anywhere and everywhere, and we, we had fun. Still do. Right? But I had flesh. God doesn't. I don't, I don't want to look at God like he's human because there's no error in him. And, the, and there's no lack of compassion in him. He's never looking at me like you are so stupid. He never looks at you like that. Amen? Right? He may say, he may say why did you lack faith? You know, I've showed you this. But he's never going to say you're stupid. Right? He said you occupied the room of the unlearned, right? Didn't we learn that? <laughs> See how kind he is? He'll even find a kind way to say, you need to brush up. Right? We need to look at God more closely to us in, before we begin to pray. We need to, that's why, I'm convinced that's why Paul prayed the one prayer where he said, in Ephesians where he said, that they may know the love of God. Why? Because they want, he wants, because with that knowledge, you'll pray things you wouldn't have prayed differently than you would have prayed them. With the knowledge of God's love for you, you will ask things differently than you would have asked. Right? With the knowledge of God's love for you, you would do things differently than you would have done them. Amen? And I'm convinced that Paul's saying, I need them to know just how deep your love goes. Because the deeper they know your love, the greater they'll be on the earth. Because they'll care, you'll care more about people because you'll know how much he loves them if you can fathom how much he loves you. Right? A lot of people think that they can tell how much he loves somebody else, but they can't tell. If, if you can tell how much he loves somebody else, you can tell how much he loves you. You've got to hit you first. Amen? Because if you don't think God loves you, why would you think he loves somebody else? Right? And, and we could get into that judgment call. We say, well, they're just so good. That's not why God loved us in the first place. He loved us before we were even thinking about something good. Amen? Yeah. Glory to God. I don't want to get off track here. I'm not off track, but I, but I do want, as we study prayer, realize how close God is to you. Realize that you're full of the Holy Spirit, that you're asking just like if, if Ramsey was standing right there asking me, God's standing right here, and I'm asking him. Amen? And, and according to his will, if I ask things according to his will, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know he hears me, which is a big key. He wouldn't have said you need to know he hears you if there wasn't a problem with knowing that he, that we hear, that he hears us. He wouldn't have put that in there the way he did because it says that if we know he hears us. That's important. That's your closeness to God. You, you cannot question whether God hears you. And that's the hindrances to prayer. The hindrances to prayer so many times are our hang-ups, not His. He doesn't have any. So many times we're keeping our cares. Right? We're hesitating to believe. Look at, first, look at James. We'll start in James. Remember, we've talked about ask, seek, and knock. And ask, seek, and knock, are su- that is such a bigger verse than, than we've made it. Because, you know, we ask and then we walk away. Well, I ask God, so if it's His will, we'll get it. No, if you ask God according to His will, you already have it. Right? And, and that's what we talked about. You should be ready to receive at that point. If you ask God according to His will, you should have your hands out, your faith hands Right? That's, that's, what, that's what we receive with is faith. You receive according to your faith. So if you're in faith when you ask, not after you ask, right? Because it doesn't say pray for faith. It says pray in faith. Right? It, it, if, you, if you're praying for faith, you're praying for the wrong thing. Because it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You don't have to pray for faith. You don't have to pray for the Word of God. The Word of God hadn't changed in... 
eons and it's not going to change in eons more. Amen? But, but when we ask, we should be ready to receive. You know, and I used, in fact, as I even brought my ball tonight, I got my example. We'll call this the answer. Give me my pen here. Let me borrow a pen right here, see if it writes on this. Answer. No, it won't write. Oh, yeah, there you go. This is the answer. Right here. Got the answer? I throw it to Rob. All right? Rob's God. Don't get a big head. Huh? So I asked, I said, Lord, according to your will, Lord, it says that by whose stripes I am healed, I'm asking you for that health to manifest itself in my body, and I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. I wonder how that's going to happen. Throw the ball. Just hit me with it. I don't know how that's going to happen. I hadn't figured out how that's going to happen. What? I didn't prepare myself for the answer. God already had the answer before I started. Right? It's way down there. Lord, I know I prayed and I know it's your will. Now, Lord, I'm receiving that by my answer. I don't know when that's coming. I prayed two weeks ago and I'm still not healed. I'm still not healed. I'm still not healed. <laughs> right? Now, now Eugene's got the answer. Amen? Lord, Lord I, I know that it says in your words, you'll meet all my needs according to your riches and glory. I claim more than enough out of this world's kingdom. I don't know how it's coming. I don't know what's going to happen. Right? I'm still not ready to receive. Amen? you got to have your hands out. you got to be ready. You pray. If you were a receiver in football, I don't care how far you ran your route, you better be looking back for the ball. Have you ever watched a football game and seen the receiver get hit in the head with the ball and he never turned around? Wasn't ready to receive. Receivers are ready to receive. Amen? If we ask in faith... Nothing wavering. When you waver, you begin to ask questions. You begin to ask other things that are going on. But when you ask in faith and you believe that he heard you and because he heard you, you have the things. So you say, Lord, I ask for that provision right now. And you get your answer right there. Amen? Why? Because you were ready. You had your faith hands out to receive. If you begin to take on the care of it, if you begin to doubt uh, did we ever read this verse? No, we didn't. James 1, verse 5. says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Right? And that's what he's saying. So you ask. It, it's the same verse. Over and over. Ask, and it shall be given to you. He said, If you lack wisdom, ask. And then if you read on down in the verse, what happens if you ask? It says, that it says, ask of God that gives to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given unto him. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. It's the same verse that's in Matthew. Right? But that verse in Matthew has, has things along with it besides that too. Right? That, that, that verse in Matthew, it, it talks about ask, and that, that word ask is not like ask and walk away. It's like ask and be ready. Seek like it's there. Seek like it's there. Don't, have you ever seen somebody looking for something that they know is there? We were, just, we were just talking to my daughter right before service. She called, and they started football tonight, and she was trying to find a pair of gloves for one of the players, and she found one and stuck it under her arm and then found the other. And she's sitting there thinking, what did I do with the other? I know I just had two. I know I just had two. She's seeking hard right now. Why? Because she knows she just had two. Why? So she's not going to keep quit seeking because she knows she has it. That's what God's saying. When you seek, know you have it. You're not seeking to see if you're going to get it. You're seeking to find it. It already exists. When you're, when you're seeking for healing, when you're seeking for deliverance when you're seeking for something in your life you don't act like you don't have it and you're trying to get something from it. you're you're merely getting in a position to receive right because the next part of that verse says everyone that asks receives it's simple english to me 
But see, that's what I'm finding out as I read Brother Hagin. He'll refuse not to believe that verse. We'll compromise. You, you guys probably wouldn't, but, you know, I, I would say something like, well, I know I prayed, but, you know, maybe it's just not God's time yet. That's not receiving, right? That's wavering is what that is, right? Or, or you know, I prayed, maybe I need to figure this out now. No, <laughs> the answer's right here, right? You just got to be ready to receive it. Because when we, when we decide that, that we, when we ask by faith and then we decide how it's supposed to happen, we've already wavered. It's not our job to decide how it's supposed to happen. It's not my job to find out how it's going to happen. It's my job to believe God said ask him and we're going to have it. And that's over and over again what I read when I read Brother Hagin's accounts. He, he literally refuses to not have the word of God come to pass. We, on the other hand, so many times will allow it in our own mind not to come to pass when it actually did. Rob threw the ball at me. Jody threw the ball at me. Josh threw the ball at me. Eugene threw the ball at me. Only one time did I catch the ball. And that was the time that I was prepared to receive it. Amen? And and all the other times I was wavering somewhere else and wondering why God wasn't moving. Right? God's moving. Don't let anybody take my ball. That's my, that's my office ball. Every now and then I need it because I bang it against the wall. And God says, but let him ask in faith. Basically, that says when you ask, expect an answer. Right? When you ask, expect an answer. Don't, don't ask if you don't expect an answer. Ask in faith, expect an answer, nothing wavering. Wavering can be a hesitation. Wavering can be you won't let go of the care, right? Not letting go of the care is a huge deal. It is a huge deal. And it's not, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I let go of it and I grabbed it back, I let go of it, I grabbed it back. There kind of come a time where we realize you let go of it. And if you're tempted to take it back, you ask forgiveness and say, I will not take that back, Lord. And people say, well, you got to care. You know, you just can't not care. Yes, you can. Why? Because God said you could. Right? Look at Philippians 4. Go to Philippians 4, 6. I'll read Psalm 37, 5 altogether. Psalm 37, 5 says, commit, which means cast, roll over to your way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him. So don't, don't just commit your way to Him. Trust in Him. Because if you commit your way to Him, but you don't trust Him, you'll take it back. Right? You've got to commit your way and trust Him. But that's why you've got to believe how close He is to you. You've got to believe how much He wants things to go better for you than you do. So commit your way. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Amen? And what are you committing to Him? You're committing your life to Him. You're making Him Lord. Right? Anything else, something else is Lord. If, if, you, if you commit your way to Him and then find a credit card to pay off your bill, Lord, Lord, I know in Your Word it says that if we have need of this, and I read, read the book where you dealt with Brother Hagen about calling in the money, and you do, all the, do everything that the Word says, and then you go get the credit card out and you pay your bill. You kept the care. You could have never prayed and done that. Right? There's so many things that we could have never prayed and done. Right? On the other hand, there's so many things that we could have prayed and not done. Amen? Say we'd have prayed and committed that to the Lord and expected an answer and not took on the care. Rolled it over on Him. And every time we thought about it, we said, No, I don't got that. I don't got that. That's not mine. That's not mine. The Lord's got that. You know, it'd be no different than when people come to me and they say, you got, some, you got a check for me? I say, I don't got it. She's got it. <laughs> Why? Because I don't even know what the checkbook looks like. Couldn't read my writing if I wrote in it. <laughs> my signature's a squiggly line. 
but I don't have the checkbook. She's got the checkbook. I'd say you got to go find her if you want to check. If God's got it, you don't have it. If the devil tries to tempt you to take it, even if he says you have it, you say, no, I don't have it. God's got it. We have to be proactive in rolling these things over and keeping them there. But, but we have to do it. There's so many prayers wasted. They say, they say Lord, take this burden away from me. Lord, Lord uh, if you could just lighten my load. Lord, <laughs> take these cares. Make me carefree. That, he can't do that. He told us to do that. We have a part. And if we will not do our part, His part won't work. His part is already in motion. We're not waiting on God ever. His part is already in motion. Philippians 4.6. Philippians 4.6 says, Be careful for nothing. That, that the Amplified in that says, Do not fret or have anxiety about anything. How many believe that that's Holy Spirit-inspired words written in the Bible? So if that's written in the Bible, can we do it? Amen. We can do it. And, and, but so many of the times, we, we put additives in the Bible, right? We say, well, sometimes you just worry and you can't help it. That's an additive, right? That's an additive. Well, I worried one time and it all worked out. Not because you worried. You, you wasted your time. Amen? Worry is not going to fix anything. Jesus said it wouldn't. If Jesus said it wouldn't, I'm pretty sure he's always right. He said not one person who worries can add one cubit to their stature. Fact is, usually when you're worried, you'll lose cubits because you'll be like this. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Nobody wants me to make it. I've prayed 16 times. I've been believing for three years. <sighs> Your stature is so low. You need to stand back up. We need to stand back up. And we need to say, Lord, we cast that over on you for good. We'll not take that back. Amen? You know, and, and these are things that we can do. And the reason we know we can do them is God said you could. If he says we can, we now are enabled to do it. Just like when he told Peter to come out on the water, the only reason Peter could is because he told him to. If God says you can cast the care over on, on me or not be anxious about anything, then you can. And if you don't, you're choosing not to. Right? And then, and then you wonder why, wonder why I don't have the peace that passes understanding. I, I prayed. I prayed. I prayed, and, and, and I wasn't anxious for at least five minutes, but I'm getting pretty anxious now because I don't have the peace that passes understanding. I'm getting pretty anxious about this because when I pray, I'm supposed to get the peace that passes understanding. No, you don't, get the, you don't get the peace that passes understanding for praying. You pray when you're not anxious, right? It says, be not anxious, but pray, Right? If you're anxious and you pray, anybody ever done those anxiety prayers? Something happens. Oh, Lord, I need your help, need your help, need your help. Please, 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 need your help, need your help, need your help. Hip, 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 hip. Right? Yeah, you, I mean, you, you, are, you are about to be the auctioneer. Right? Lord, if I could just have 5, 10, 15, no, oh, just give me 20. 20, 20, 20, 25, 5, 5, 5, 5, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, 6, Lord, whatever, give, give me something, give me something, give me something, give me something. What are you doing? You're praying anxiously. You're already anxious. And, and you can't pray anxiously. It says, be not anxious, now pray. Why? Because you're not anxious. You, you've cast that care over. Now you can pray. You can't pray until you're not anxious. Because if you're anxious, you'll nullify your prayer the minute you stop praying because you're already anxious. So you'll be worrying about what you ask about before you stop praying. We can't worry. What, what, are, what are we going to do if we worry? We're going to find another Lord. Right? 
we're going to go find another Lord. Why? Because we're worrying. And if you're worrying, you're thinking about it. Now you're, you're thinking about, what can I do? I know I've prayed, so I've got that part covered. So now I need to figure out my way out of this. Well, now you're your Lord or what you're getting ready to institute is. Right? Whatever you're getting ready to do. Because you're not asking God anymore. You're asking yourself. How, how can I do this? What, what, what can I do? What can I do? What can I, I remember when my business was in trouble. Man, I'd wake up in the middle of the night. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I don't even want to get up because i got to work tomorrow. I don't want to go to work because i got to answer all the calls about the money I don't have. That's such a hassle. I don't want to do that. And I'd prayed a thousand times and asked God for help, but I prayed anxiously. I never cast the care over. Right? So my Lord was something besides Him and obviously not a very good Lord because nothing got better. Nothing ever got better by me worrying. Never. And did you know that nothing ever got better by you worrying? Nothing ever happened because you fretted. If, if, even if you got through it, it wasn't because you fretted. It was because God's merciful and He's kind. We don't have to fret. We don't have to be anxious about anything. It says don't fret or be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made done to God. And, and if you get rid, if you do the first part where it says be careful for nothing, you say, you know what? I'm done with anxiety. I'm done with it. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to believe His Word, and I'm standing on it, and I won't quit. It doesn't mean you're not going to be tempted. Being tempted to worry and worrying are two different things. When you're tempted to worry, you stop. When you worry, you took on the temptation. Right? You said, yeah, you, you know, that's true. I really do need to worry about this. If I worry about it long enough, I can find an answer. Right? Did you know that if you do look for an answer, you will find one? Hmm? You'll find one. It's real easy. You just keep looking hard enough. There's all kinds of wrong answers out there. It's still an answer. It'll just be a wrong answer. And there's so many times that we answer without even one little leading from the Lord even though we've been led a thousand times. It's, a, it's an ongoing, it's a lifestyle to be led. Think about King Asa. Remember Brother Moore was talking about King Asa, what, last week maybe? Week before? He was talking about him recently. But King Asa in the 14th chapter of, what was it, First Chronicles? It's in one of the Chronicles. 14th chapter of one of the... But anyway, in the first chapter around the 8th verse... The Ethiopian army comes against him, and it's a million-man army. It's too numerous to be counted army, right? And he's got a, a numerous enough to be counted army. Right? Nice-sized army, but not too numerous to be counted. fact is it's counted in the book, right? But, well, we need to see his prayer, though. So let's look at it. It's, uh, I put it in my notes. It's in here. It's in here. It's like chocolate chips. They're in the cookie. Second Chronicles 14. In verse 8, it tells about his army. Verse 9, it tells about the Ethiopian army. And then in verse 10, Asa went on out against them. Now, Asa could have went out there trying to make his own plan. Right? He could have, he could have said... You know, I don't know what we're going to do, but you know, maybe we'll do this, and maybe I can send these guys around this way or put these guys in the trees. You know, and, and, and if you're thinking about it, and you're just, and it, it's, it's continually bugging you, and you're thinking and thinking and thinking, then you're not in faith, and you've got the care. Amen? If you're thinking about it. And, and you know, I know um, years ago when my mom was, uh, was sick, and she said, she used to call it the door-to-door salesman. And she said they would come to your door every day and try to get you to believe something negative. 
And she said they'd, she'd, come, they'd come every day and tell her how, how much worse she was or how she wasn't ever going to get better or different things. And, and that's what the devil does. He'll give you your choice of bad things. He, he's a good devil. Yeah, he'll give you a whole list of all the worst things, and he'll say, just choose one. Right? Pain, suffering. You know, so one of these, you've got to be doing one of them. Somebody will feel sorry for you if you pick the right one. Come on. Right? We've we got we to gotta resist the temptation to take it back. Right? Once you've prayed, the devil's going to try and get you to take it back. But you have to resist that temptation. You've got to say, no, I'm not going to take it back. Sometimes you grab yourself by the ear, you go in front of the mirror and say, Dave, I told you once, told you a thousand times, you're not taking that care on. It's the Lord's care. If I see you try to grab it one more time, I'm going to smack you. You're going to look funny smacking yourself out in public, but whatever works, right? If it works, it works. So Asa prayed, and his prayer is Philippians 4.6. Asa prayed, and Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with you to help, whether with many or with them that have no power, Help us, O Lord, our God, for we rest. What's he doing? Throwing the care. We rest in you. We rest in you. He wasn't saying, we're thinking about resting in you. We're going we're to try and see if you can help. He's saying, we're, not putting our, we're, we're, we're putting our marbles in one basket right here. We're looking only to you. I'm not looking for another direction. I'm not going to seek help somewhere else. I'm not doing it. We're looking to you, and we're resting. We're, we've cast the care of this. How we don't, I know I've heard how big their army is. We cast the care of that over on you. And then he asks. Then he asks, O Lord, thou art God. Or wait, wait a second. We rest in thee, and in thy name we go against this multitude. O Lord, thou art God. Let not, here's his prayer, let not man prevail against thee. That was his prayer. You know, it was all prayer, but there's one ask. The one ask was, help, or I guess two asks, help, let, not, let man not prevail against thee. That was it. Cast the care, let not man prevail against thee. And when he did that, there's only one other verse after that says, so the Lord smote the Ethiopians. Why? Because the verse works. It was in the Bible before the New Testament. Rest in the Lord. Cast your cares over on Him, right? Cast your cares over on Him. Be anxious for nothing. In Pray and believe and stand, right? And, and this is what happens every time. And, 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 and like us, so many times, we get great victory when we follow the rules, Right? It's the rules. God said, you do it this way, it works every time. And, and you know, I know people don't like that, but it is following the rules. It, it is following the rules. Now, I'm, God's merciful, and there's been people that got, got, you know, there's people that it's just enough for them if you say, well, God really cares about this. They'll say, oh, God, God cares. I know I'm not any better, but I, at least I know God cares. You know, that's not what God wants. Right? He's not looking to give you enough pity to make you feel better until you die. Right? He's looking for a way to get healing to you so you don't die. Right? He's, he's purchased it. We're not in the battle. We're in the victory. You know, Brother Moore, he'll always ask, he'll, when he sees you, he'll say, you still got the victory? He'll never say, How's, how goes the battle? He'll say, you still got the victory. Why? The battle's already been won. We don't need to know how the battle's going. We already know how the battle's going. Right? Jesus is victorious over all. And that made us victors. And so we're victorious. I don't need to wonder if I'm going to win. I need to expect to. Amen? I need to expect to walk in the winning. So just like so many of us, though, Asa, if you go to, go to about chapter 16, totally different Asa. What happened between chapter 14 
in chapter 16. Same thing that happens to us so many times. The do-it-yourself mode. Right? What is it? The king uh, uh, Basha? Is it Basha? We'll put up 16.1. Second Chronicles 16.1. I don't have that. Yeah, in the sixth and th- in 36 years of the reign of Asa, Basha, king of Israel, came up against Judah built and built Ramah to the intent that he might let none go out or come in to Asa, king of Judah. Two. So Asa inquired of the Lord. Right? Asa cried out to the Lord. How many times could I say this in my own life? David cried out to the Lord or David went and got his own answer. Right? And that's when you know you're in trouble when you get your full name, David. Right? <laughs> David went and got his own answer. And that's, all, that's what this is. This is somebody forgetting that God's right there that he's already took care of him once in, in an un, unimaginable situation that couldn't even be fixed, right? But yet with this, he goes out and pulls all the silver and gold and treasures out of the house of the Lord. And what, what's he doing? He said, okay, let's see, Bosch is coming. He's doing this. I don't want him doing that. That's, that's a hassle. And he starts thinking. Think, 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 think. That's what Pooh did. Right? Remember when he was thinking about how to get the honey out of the tree? Think, 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 think. And, and he starts thinking. And he says, I know what I'll do. I'll get Ben to dad. I'll pull the money out of the, out of the house of the Lord. And, and you know he's, he's thinking because he's not listening. Right? When we get to thinking in our flesh, we, we quit listening in our spirit. And he's thinking... And he's got this all planned out, and he gets a good plan, and he does exactly what he says he's going to do. He goes out, and he basically hires Ben-Hadad, king of, king of Syria, to go out and make trouble, and Basha sees it, and he don't like it, and so he quits doing what he's doing. And what, what's the big problem? Exactly what, what, what he wanted to happen happened, right? I don't see the problem. How many times have you went out, got your own answer, that it wasn't at all what God wanted? Right? Because we didn't pray and ask and be led. You know, I've done this here at the church. I remember when I first started working for them and then even later and had to repent. But I'm like, they're like, go do this. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And I would do it my way instead of, you know, they, they told me how to do it. And, and I'd say, well, but I could just do this, this, and this and do the same thing, right? No. Because they inquired of the Lord before I did it and then told me how to do it. Right? And I didn't do it right. And you know the problem with that is something came up and bit me later. Or, so, or else I'd go to Mrs. Moore and she'd say, oh, we've got to deal with this. You know why? Because you didn't do it the way I told you to. Sure, you accomplished what I told you to accomplish, but you didn't accomplish it the way I told you to accomplish it. See, when we, when we, when we go to God and we, and we take that care and we say, here, Lord, here's the care. Now show us what to do. I don't have the care anymore. You have it. Now show me what to do. Amen? And that's when you get your answer, right? And the Ethiopians are just gone all of a sudden. Amen? And wouldn't that be easier than taking all the gold and the silver out of the house of the Lord and paying somebody that's really not even your friend, right? They were against you before you paid them, so they're not a friend now. And, and, and this, this is making something else Lord. No man can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. And and that's what he's saying. When you have the care of something on you, you're serving that care. That care is now in control of your life. It's controlling your thoughts. It's you know a lot of people say, you know, that person just makes me so mad I cannot help myself. I, they just make me so mad and I just I absolutely cannot forgive them because they make me so mad. And literally what you're saying is they're in control of your life. I mean, that's literally what you're saying. If you say, I can't stop worrying, I just cannot stop worrying, I can't, I can't cast the care of this over on the Lord, I can't stop worrying, then literally what you're saying is whatever you're worrying about is Lord of your life. It's now taken over first seat. It's flying the plane. 
Because if, if God's not in control and you're not in control, that's in control. Because you're saying, I can't stop it. If you can't stop it, something else is in control. And, and that's, what, that's what Jesus was trying to say when he said you can't have two masters. You can't have two people in control. One will be going this way, one will be going that way, and only one of them will be right. Right? And that's why he wants you to confess him as Lord of your life. He wants to be Lord over all that you've got going on because he is a good Lord. He, he, you can trust him. You can commit your way and let him have full control and you're going to get exactly where you need to go the way you need to get there in the condition you needed to get there in. Amen? And you can trust that when you pray to him that he has that care, he's taking care of it. He's got the fix. He's got the answer. He's got the way out. And you can trust him. But we have to cast that care. Look at look at. Matthew, that's where, that's, where this goes. This, that's where that leads us to anyway, isn't it? You know, Jesus, look at Matthew 6. In Luke 6, Jesus, in Luke 6, 46, Jesus said, And why call, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? Because what, what is he really saying? He's saying, if you call me Lord, but you don't do what I say, I'm not Lord. And, and that's just truth. If, you, if, you, if you're confessing Jesus as Lord, but you're not intending to do what He says, then you're getting ready to have trouble because He's not really your Lord and something else is. In Matthew 6, verse 24, He says, and I'm going to read this out of the Young's Literal just because I like to read backwards. <clears throat> it says, "...none is able to serve two lords." That's what he's talking about back in, J- in, the, in James 1. It, don't be double-minded. No man that's double-minded is going to receive from the Lord. Why? Because their mind's over here, they're distracted, and the answer's coming over here, and it's hitting them in the back, and they're never ready to receive it. And that's what he's saying here. No man can, can have two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You are not able to serve God and mammon. He's using money as, 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 an, as your other Lord. And, and then this doesn't stop right here. The reason he even goes into the next teaching is because of this verse. He says, no one can serve two masters. And then if you really go into 25, he says, because no one can serve. He doesn't say it that way. But because brings the, the verse on top of it down to it. So because no man can serve two masters, this is what I'm asking you to do. Right? This I say unto you, because no man can serve two masters, be not anxious for your life. What's he saying? Because no man can serve two masters, don't fret, don't worry, don't have anxiety about anything. Because if you do, that's your master. That's now your master. You will go out and find your own way to fix the problem that I already had a good answer for that would have increased you in every way. And now you've got problems because you answered it yourself. Amen? And, th- and that's what he's saying. He's saying, because you, can't, because you can't serve two masters, I need you to do this. this. This is what I'm giving you the ability to do. Don't be anxious. And when he said that, it gave us not only the right, but the ability to not worry. Jesus, in merely saying this, gave you the ability and the right to never worry about what you're going to wear, Never worry if you're going to have enough food. Never worry about your life. Why? Because if you're worried about your life, you'll never do what God's called you to do. I spent years in a broke-down company worrying about that company and not doing one thing for the kingdom of God. I was listening to tapes every day. Do you know that listening to tapes is not doing something for the kingdom of God? Right? Right? Believing God to get out of debt is not doing something for the kingdom of God. Right? What, am I believing every day for this? Is this all I'm doing? Yes. This is all I'm doing. All my concern is, and and I'm going home because I can't quit. It's consumed me. I go home and I think about it. The only way I could quit thinking about it is put on a tape 
and read the Psalms. It's the only way I quit thinking because it consumed me. It's not that I couldn't quit thinking about it. I had allowed it to consume my life. And that's what we do with these cares. We allow them to consume our life to the point that the fog is so so thick that we can't see God standing right there saying, Give it to me. Give it to me. And when I finally got it and said, Actually, the way I got it was like, Lord, I just can't think about this anymore. My head got tired of thinking about it. And then, when I quit, God gave me bunches of things to do that affected the kingdom of God that had nothing to do whether my business made it or not. They had nothing to do. He, he, he had me go teach inner city youth and, 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 and minister to them. And he had me teach Bible studies uh, on a daily basis. And the word was coming out and people's lives were changing. They were getting a hold that God was good. And the kingdom of God was growing. I wasn't thinking about my business. I wasn't consumed with the care of it any longer. I now became consumed with doing something for God. And as we sit in church sometimes, we become unconsumed with that fire. And we need to never let ourselves become, I don't even know if that's a word, but it is tonight. We never need to let ourselves become unconsumed. We need to be consumed with, with the fire of God all the time. Our desire should be, what can I do today that, that enhances and increases the kingdom of God? What can I do? And, and it's not about money. It's not about time. It's not about where, who. You know, if, you, if he says go teach two-year-olds, right? Teach them. I'm telling you, it's leading to better things. They're going to grow up because of something you said better than they would have if you didn't. But you've got to be consumed with it to do it. You're not doing it to get something. You're doing it because you love the Lord. And you're now consumed with His desires. And because you're consumed with His desires, your desires begin to come to pass. They begin to come to pass. And you look back and things are doing better. And you're like, good, I've got to go teach another Bible study. And you're not teaching Bible study because things are doing better. You just don't care. Why? Because you cast that care off finally. And you only cared about the things of God. Because when you cast your cares off, then you get His desires. And you begin to see His plan and His blueprint. And He begins to lead you step by step. Because now you can hear. And now He can take you places. And you can go there. And you can see and do things that you wouldn't have done while you were in the middle of your care. Because in the middle of my care, I did nothing for God. Everything I did, even that, that included God, was to get me to a different place. And it didn't work. Why? Because I still had the care. Until I got rid of the care, the care had me. And while the care had me, nothing good was happening. I was serving two masters. And actually, you're not serving two. You're serving one because you despise the other one now. And you say, no, how were you despising him, Dave? God, I don't understand. I've been doing everything, and this just isn't working. That is despising the Lord right there. God, I've listened to this tape, that tape, this series, those series. I've given, 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 given. I've done this, 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 and this. And, and I'm still in the same situation. And God's saying, and you still have the care. And I've been wanting to do something for you for seven years, and you won't let go. But the minute I let go, the minute I let go, he filled my life with good things, right? Good things. And then this started going well. Why? Because I got out of his way. I gave him the care. He's the one that could handle it all along. I could never handle it. It, no matter how hard I thought about it in seven, eight years, nothing got better but only grew worse. Did you know that's what happened with Asa? 
Finally, in the, in the last year of his reign, his feet grew bad, and he still wouldn't ask God for help. We don't want to get to that point where we take everything on ourselves to the point we no longer hear from God. We no, no longer listen to the things He's got to say. We no longer do things His way. we got people in, in churches tonight, maybe in these churches, that are mad at God because they've done this, 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 and this, and nothing happened. Get unmad. You're wasting your time. You're mad at your answer, and he's the only answer that works. And, and the more mad you get, the more care you take on, and the less care he has. And, he has, and the less ability he has. He's doing everything for you. He can. You know what? He was still doing stuff for me in those seven years, or I would have been out of business. There was no reason for me to be in business. No reason. Zero reason. I was so broke, broke people called me broke. <laughs> broke people were loaning me money to, for lunch because I was so broke. And, and that's... <laughs> he was merciful. And he got me through. He's gotten us all to this point today. But if you still got the care of something, and your prayer, you've been praying, you've been seeking, you've been asking, but you still got the care, you got one thing holding you up. You got to get rid of that care. You got to get rid of that care. And the, and the way you start getting that, the prayer we've been praying in Ephesians, that you know the love of God, that's the first step to getting rid of your care. Why? Because you'll trust him. He loves me. He would never do anything to hurt me. He would only do things to help me. And he's the almighty God. He's the God that takes, takes everything and makes it better. I can trust him. I know how much he loves me. I know much, how much he cares for me. Those prayers, those prayers we've been praying that, we, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened, that we might see that we might know, that we might understand, that, that these are prayers that will change your life. But they won't take the care away. You have to get rid of the care. You have to cast it away. And the devil's not going to go easy. Just because you say you cast it away doesn't mean he's not going to try to get you to take it back. But if you'll make the decision once and for all, then every time it tries to come back, you'll remember that you cast it away. A lot of people say, I cast it away and it came right back. No, you never cast it away. It was just a big yo-yo and it came right back up. Right? And you're walking the dog with yours. Oh, look at that. My problem's walking the dog. Look at my care go. Cares are not our friend. They're keeping God from working in our lives to the, to the level that he wants to work in and through us. And we're missing out on some of the best things that could ever happen to us if we refuse to let go of these cares. If we refuse to quit fretting and being anxious about things, if we refuse, then you're, you're going to be living the same prayer life you've been living all the rest of your days. Because you'll ask and you'll hold on. You'll ask and you'll hold on. And you'll say, well, you just don't understand, Dave. No, I do understand. I understand so well that I hate to see you hold on to that care because I know what it's keeping God from doing because I saw what it kept God from doing in my life. Amen? And the things that he had me do were so much better. Seeing little kids come to Christ... Little kids that had homes with dirt floors in them that were so nasty. I mean, these, you'd pick these kids up and, and you'd take them out and you didn't even like them because they were so mean. But you loved them. And you're like, God, I love these kids. He goes, I know you do. I gave you the love to love them with. And then their lives are changed. And then 30 years later, you talk to some of them and they're doing good. And they remember that day where you took the whole day out and spent it with them. And that wasn't me. That was the Lord. What was he doing? He was keeping me away from my care while he was taking care of it, and I was fulfilling his desires. Thank you, Lord. 
I've seen people come to Bible study that didn't believe God was good. And, and just after a few Bible studies, they started questioning what they believed because the Word of God says God's good. And if you'll just listen to somebody teach a little bit about how good God is, it'll change your faith. It'll change what you believe because He is good and it's true. And God changed my life by letting me change lives. And that's, that's what He would do if we'd let go of our cares. Then your prayers become more effective because you, you're not only praying about you all the time. My prayer life consisted of me. My whole prayer life was me. I remember when people, they'd come up and they'd say, Dave, can you pray for me? I'd say, yeah, whatever. Yeah, how could I pray for you? i got to pray for me. i got so much trouble, I don't know what to do with all of it. You want me to pray for you? But because why? You're consumed with your problem. You can't pray. But when you get rid of your problem, you can pray. You can pray without care. And you can pray and believe and believe God and you can change somebody else's life because he changed yours. Amen? Amen. We're going to keep praying tonight. We're going to pray our, our Ephesians prayers. Why? Because they work. Did you know that things are happening in this church in churches around the world and, and in, in Sarasota because we're praying this prayer? People say, how do you know? Because the word works. Even if I type it out on my paper, it's still the Word of God. And it's a prayer that God said, pray. And it's a good prayer. We're receiving of it every Sunday when Brother Moore teaches. We're receiving of it right now as we learn about prayer. We're getting to be better prayers because we're learning about real prayer. We're getting the spirit of prayer. Not just the knowledge of prayer, we got the heart of prayer. Amen? Stand up with me. Thank you, Lord. 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 Just praise Him. Just praise Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. If you've been holding on to a care that you know you've been holding on to, We've said it over and over again tonight. You can roll it over on the Lord. Only you can do it, but you have to do it. And if you've got one tonight that you've been holding on to, while we're praising Him, while we're, we're, we're thanking Him, roll it over. Roll it over. Get rid of it. You might say, well, Dave, you don't know what happened. I don't need to know what happened. God has all the answers. See, that when you say stuff like that, you're saying, I don't really know God. You do know God. Let me tell you about Him one more time. He's good. He's smart. He's the Almighty. He created everything you can see and everything you can't see. And He wants you to have good things. And He's your Father. So as I've reminded you who He is, you can trust Him. Thank you, Lord. Just thank Him. If you got that care, roll it over. Roll it over. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's people in here and all over the world right now, but especially in the churches, you've been watching the news too much and you're anxious and you're fretting about everything that's happening and you're saying stuff like, oh, what will happen if President Trump doesn't get in? What will happen if this doesn't get in? What if it will happen if this? It doesn't matter. What matters is that we do what God said and we pray for our nation and we don't quit praying for our nation. What's going to happen is we're going to keep doing what the Word of God says and we're going to keep having what the Word of God has. Amen? you got to quit fretting. If you need to stop watching the news, quit watching it. Guess what? I've, I've quit watching it for eight weeks, and every now and then I'll ca- catch a little blip of it. It looks exactly the same. <laughs> Nothing's changed. It is the days of our life.
Not one thing on the news has changed. But while all that's going on, nobody's reporting how many good things are happening because there are good things happening all over the world and they're not getting reported, but we serve a good God. So I know there's good things happening. I know somebody got saved today. I know people got filled with the Holy Ghost today. I know there were miracles in this world today. I know God's good. Amen? And so stop that. If you find yourself, I, I know because I was doing I'd sit there and I'd flip from one news channel to the other and, I, and I'd fill up my heart. I'm like, I don't like this. And you'd start complaining about it. Like that's going to help. <laughs> complaining about, that's like me yelling at the football players like Mrs. Moore was talking about. I'm a great armchair quarterback. I can tell them exactly what they should have ran, when they should have ran it, how they should have done it, why didn't he do this. I'm not there. Guess what? There's a reason I'm not there. <laughs> we don't need to watch things that bring on anxiety. You, you don't want to do things that, that precipitate care, right? Do things that get rid of care. Because guess what? We're going to be okay. No matter what, we're going to make it all the way through. We're going to finish our course. We're going to serve God with gladness, and we're going to win people to the Lord. That's, that's what we're here. We're, it's like telling a light to quit shining. We won't do it. I don't care what you say we can or can't do. We're not going to quit shining. Right? You can talk to your light bulbs at home all day long, and if they've got electricity to them, they will not quit shining. Glory to God. Well, we've got the everlasting light, so we never have to quit shining. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Pray this with me. Father God, forgive us for where we've taken on the cares of this life, the doubt the unbelief, the, the pity. Lord, forgive us for not walking in the light that we know. And we ask for more light. We cast all care over on you and we ask for your help to walk out everything that you've put inside us to increase the kingdom of God, to minister to people, to love one another, that we will be the lights, be the salt that preserves and guides and directs and is a safe place. Lord, we will be effective in our praying. We will be full of faith, expecting, ready to receive every time we ask. Help us, Lord, as we pray, to pray your very heart, to be a help in the things going on in the world today, that we pray in such a way that the churches would take their authority in this nation and do those things that are pleasing to you. Pray this with me. Father, we ask that you would give unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our heart would be enlightened that we may know what is the hope of your calling. What are all the good things that you've called us to do? And what are the riches of your glory, of your inheritance in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of your power to us who believe according to the working of your mighty power, which you wrought in Christ 
when you raised him from the dead and set him at your own right hand in heavenly places. Now, Father, we bow our knees to our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole church, the whole family is named. We ask that you would grant us, according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with might by your Spirit in our inner man, that Christ would dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width of your love, what is the length of your love, what is the depth of your love and the height of this love. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled with all of your fullness. Now unto you, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that is working in us, unto you be glory in the church, by Christ Jesus, throughout all ages, world without end. Father, we love you, and we know that you love us. And because we know this love, we pray for these churches, for this ministry, and for the church around the world the body of Christ, these prayers, and we agree together in one accord that they are coming to pass all over the world and in these churches that your spirit is is becoming first place. We are some of the most spiritually aware and spirit-led people in the planet today, and in this generation. And Lord, we ask, help us to pray further. Mysteries concerning these things with the church, the ministry, the, the call of the church in the earth today. Help us to pray and open doors Make us effective in everything that's going on as we open the door to your power. In Jesus' name, Shorondra Siate Kishiano, Noato Pisiate, Shikiango Dononoste, Noyaraniste, Nerendrosotole, Marandrosindese, Endreshe, Moyonte, Cashile, Nongore, prondrase, etele, noyante, prondrase.